Welcome to Entitled Town, everybody. Believe it or not, we are kicking off our fourth season, Scartelli. Uh, we're going to quick it off, uh, kick it off with a question from one of our longest tenured and most loyal listeners. Uh, here's a question for the local podcast collaborative. How are you all dealing with the Patriots after getting blown out in Miami? I'm reading Don't Kill Myself books. And all this negativity that's in this town sucks. And I've been around, and, and, and when Jim Rice was booed, I've been around with Jashramski booed, and it stinks. It makes the greatest town, greatest city in the world lousy. This is Entitled Town. Again, it's the fourth season of Entitled Town. Uh, thank you for everyone who's uh, chimed in and listened over the past few years. Scartelli is here, Dan is here, and Mike on Route 1 is here. Uh, Media Mike, uh, the opening drive in Miami on Sunday looked pretty good. Uh, it's not how you start, it's how you finish. Uh, how's the noose feeling around your neck? Oh, yeah, that, I like that that cold open. It, uh, uh, my, my outgoing voicemail is, this is Mike from Route 1, whatever. <laughs> that's, that's how I'm feeling. Um, yeah, we talked last week about mentally preparing for some shitty football. Um, and, uh, you know, and then I, I said, you know, maybe I'm trying to talk myself into it going our uh, going trending the other direction. Now my feelings, and I hope that's just not wish cast wish casting. And sure enough, it was, uh, but you know, that, that drive was like, this is what it's supposed to look like. You know? And I thought in the run game, they got, they got, uh, you know, they got the big guys outside a couple of times there downhill. And you know, that, that that's what it was supposed to look like. And then it, it does show, and, and I think Bill's point was was right. It's, it's a couple, you know, a couple plays that that screw you, but you know, that's that's you know, that's a lot of weeks uh, in that league. So exactly. uh, I'm I, I'm I was prepared for it. Uh, the The response has been worse than I thought. It really has. Um, and I, I was expecting bad, but it's now you know it, it, it's 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 just it's a big it's a big week for bill belichick's legacy which is i mean not, i don't really i say that jokingly but it's it's insane um because that's what they're they're treating it as so you know but i did think the defense looked fine um you know the running game and and i thought i thought harris ran the ball well um but He's a good back yeah and 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 it was just a lot of the stuff and i you know again i think it goes back to the, the same problems i saw last year which are um, you know, inability, inability to protect, protect the quarterback is what it's going to come down to. I think for me, um, mm -hmm. when, and, and when you're in, and they ran the ball well at times in spots, but you know, they weren't doing Patriots things, which are, you know, a bad run is, is zero yards, but no, in this case, it was, it was a lot of those, uh, you know, putting yourself in second and 12 and third and longs. Um, and I think primarily due to the run game that concerned me. Uh, but you know, that's, uh, that feels fixable. The one thing, you know, and then some of the stuff to Myers, uh, he's really, he's a really good receiver, but it's, it's a lot of margin of error, uh, small margin of error stuff. And he's making tough contested catches and the right. stuff over the middle, hopefully, you know, they can get some of that going at some point. I think maybe Henry helps out a bit there. Um, but yeah, they, they don't have that Julian Edelman foot fire off the line crossover step, uh, seven yards, low ball thrown low to toward the dirt where only the receiver can get it kind of guy. But 
that you know that comes with not putting yourself in in third and forever so uh you know i'm not pissing myself yet but if they lose this week um just for the takes it's going to be something agreed agreed i think um what they tried to do in the first drive is they established some sort of rhythm dan and they were looking to get the chunk play down the side in the end zone to Devontae parker and i still have my pete carroll staring dot gif waiting for the flag to be thrown but uh I think I agree with Mike on route one. I think it comes down to protection, uh, protecting the football. They need to be able to make uh, more chunk plays. Parker's on the team for that reason. Uh, didn't work out in the first drive. I would argue that this team uh, more than uh, as meant as much as a recent edition of Patriots teams needs to play from ahead. What do you think? Well, that's a good, that's a good observation. You know, I've been a Patriots fan for too many decades to pack it in after one game. Um, but watching that game, I'm thinking there are a dozen, there's dozens of elements that go into team building. I mean, but let's narrow it down to three. Let's say talent, planning, and execution. And everything's sort of interwoven. So it's not easy to tell which part failed when things break down. Sometimes it's more than one. Sometimes it's all three. But listening to the fans this week, listening to the media, nobody ever points to execution as the downfall. And that's typically the, the, the main issue. I, I don't think their issue is talent, I, although I'm, I'm a little bit worried about the offensive line, just like Mike. Um, I don't think it's planning. I think they had enough success moving the ball on Sunday that it looked like they had a decent game plan. So that leaves execution. And I think it's going to take a little bit more time for that to come together. And if it takes too much time, then you can put, put that on the coaches. And I think the, the killer play, I mean, this is obviously a, a huge hot take here. The killer play in that game, was the fourth down touchdown just before before halftime. I felt that the game was kind of out of reach at that point. It's a deflating play. Um, There's a, there's a shit, shitty play on words. Uh, Scartelli, what is your shoe piss level going into Pittsburgh on Sunday? Well, just the same way that uh, when you figure they go down to Miami, bad things are going to happen. Mm -hmm. You figure that, you know, going down to, you know, no longer Heinz field, what is it? Acrimony field or something. Now there's no, uh, there's no worry about playing Pittsburgh and there never has been during the uh, Belichick years, but that doesn't uh, mean much. They still have to go there and play the games. It's, it's, uh, it's going to be, it's going to be, uh, neither team came out looking very good. Uh, the Steelers needed uh, overtime to win. Yeah, they, they did again. They, and they needed five turnovers from the Bengals to win a game on the road. They're in two missed kicks by Evan McPherson who was one of the best kickers in football as a rookie last year. Scar, tell it to your point about the Patriots having dominance over the Steelers for two decades. Uh, and don't look into a mirror and say Tom Brady three times. Otherwise, Botox shipment will show at your front door. I have to laugh at that when the Patriots did lose to the Steelers in 2018, there's a picture in the Steelers team offices of Joe Hayden's interception of Brady's pass into the end zone that clinched that game. That is in the Steelers office in a year that the Patriots actually won the Super Bowl. Mike, what's your, uh, your shoe piss level with uh, Mitch Trubisky uh, playing against the Patriots on Sunday and a gimpy Najee Harris? Yeah, that's the thing. I, I'm feeling like they can feast defensively that def- the Patriots defense can take advantage of that, but you know, um, maybe, and then maybe, but I, I can see Pittsburgh, maybe they get to 17. There's some scenario Patriots give them a short field. Just please don't let George Pickens have a good game because we'll never hear the fucking end of it. <laughs> right, right. Um, yeah, so I, I'm 
I'm cautiously optimistic given I like when everybody is, is against them, not that they weren't against them last, last week. So that didn't mean too much, but uh, I, I think I, I like that there are people are questioning them already and burying them and saying it's over. And uh, it's, it's not a, it's not a gotta have a game. You know, they, they have a nice stretch here. I think after this, where they can rack some wins up, but you're making it difficult for yourself. Um, mm-hmm. As far as tiebreakers and things are just getting digging yourself this, this hole. Um, and let's, you know, let's not worry about the tiebreakers. Now. Let's just get this one. But I, I would be, I, I just, I, if they come out, and and don't take care of the ball um, like they did. Uh, they don't take care of it better than they did last week. That would be you know that's just that that could kill them and that, yeah. and that could be it. You know one of the things I, I saw from Mac and um, I'm not into this isn't a body language thing I don't think, but there was some he 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 felt sped up at the line to me, and he felt um, he felt getting things organized. There wasn't there wasn't a calmness back there like he had shown all of last year. So uh, reading too much into that, probably, but I think, you know, it's on the road again and it's going to be a tough spot and, you know, we're going to be, there's going to be, you know, situations where the clock's running down and they just got to, um, you know, they got to do the, do what they did last year. And hopefully born, uh, hopefully born is, is out of the doghouse now and um, ready to go. Cause I, I do think he's a guy that can help because they did it, it, the matriculation last week. It was like, God, like, it, it, you know, there's something to be said for clock killing drives, especially on the road, but it was, it was, it didn't feel like death, like a thought by a thousand cuts. No, it, it was, didn't. Like, no, it's it like, didn't. let's not, let's not cut our own finger off um, at, at times. And I do think a lot of that has to do with the pressure that Miami was, was bringing. They, they, they're pretty good defense. They look good. I actually made that point with Dan. Dan, is it possible the dolphins have a top five defense? Is that is it a possible that was a monkey wrench in there? Sure, absolutely. You know, on something Mike just said about Mac, I was watching that game. I, I didn't think it was a very good throwing game for him. You know, usually he's got a couple throws in there that you think, oh, that that really shows the talent. He's he's got some uh, excellent accuracy, and I wasn't. You know, he's hitting hitting a lot. Maybe that was just again what what Miami was giving him, and he was taking taking that. But and Mike Mike just said him being sped up. Yeah, absolutely. Um, again, again, the same thing Mike said. I think the defense is pretty well suited to stop this the Steelers team. I'm not worried about that. With the Steelers turnovers, I, I never know our turnover. I didn't watch that Steelers game, that Steelers Cincinnati game. Are turnovers something that you can say are trendy? Are they are are they not trendy, but can't say that after week one. I mean, it's right. One, one's an anomaly. Two's a trend. Three's a streak. Are they, are they created or are they circumstantial? You know, like the, the, the Parker, the, the interception with Parker, that was, that was very circumstantial. Burrow so, wasn't very good. If, if the media is to believe in that game, the Burrow wasn't very good. Saints Joe Burrow wasn't very good. Yeah. I think if you're Bill Belichick, right? Like Bill Belichick coaches the team. In, in a way, I think it, it feels to me like they they want to generate turnovers. And it's it's about creating as many opportunities as you can to put yourself in that position. But I think, you know, I, I, everything I kind of know about turnovers and like the studies that have been on is that it's hard to predict them. And that's, and that's also why I always get nervous, too, when, you know, Mac Jones hasn't thrown a, a, an interception in uh, five straight games. I'm like, oh, well, he's due. So <laughs> we're going to regress here. So, yeah, no, I, I think I think 
that's I, th- I think your point is right, Dan. Like, are they going to come out and get that many turnovers this week? And that's why they're in that that game in, in Cincinnati. I, I don't know. It's it's, you know, yeah. that's why well, we're not big time bankroll. We're not the bankroll boys here. Right. If you look past that, here's a game that they had seven sacks and five turnovers and they still went to overtime and still should have lost on two things if it weren't for, you know, a replacement long snapper. Well, here's this segment is sponsored you by Brian Barrett. And just remember, when you run into a bridge abutment, you are also off the pike. These are the stats for the uh, the Cincinnati uh, playing Pittsburgh last week. They outgained uh, they outgained uh, Pittsburgh four thirty two to two sixty seven. They converted eight of sixteen third downs. They had thirty two first downs. The Pittsburgh's thirteen. Uh, they punted just three times. They had forty three minutes of possession uh, to Pittsburgh's twenty six. And the game came down to. Uh, they lost. They uh, lost five interceptions, and they lost. Excuse me, turned over the ball in interceptions five times, and fumbles lost. The game. The Patriots have to be a lot better uh, protecting the football. I, I found like I feel like Ordway saying it's all about the pitching, but it uh, comes down to protecting <laughs> the football. Scartelli, I, in the fifteen uh, workshop this week, there was some. Believe it or not, there was some love for Steelers coach Mike Tomlin that you took some umbrage to, and. Uh, is it? It's just he hasn't been in our lives for a while, longer than usual. What, what's your theory? Oh, exactly. We haven't played uh, Tomlin since 2018, so we forget what a prick he can be at times. He's you know saying the right things, which is sensible for a head coach to do. He's not the, like uh, Lashawn. My grandma gave me a nickname, McCoy, bad mouthing <laughs> Coach Bill right now, like so many other players and coaches that uh, Bill has had his way with over. 20, 25 years as a uh, assistant and as a head coach. So, but, uh, but I'm, you know, people, people can learn. I, I'm a, I'm a optimist about these sort of things. I'm an optimist. So I'm saying that uh, last week, it looked like there was a fourth time the team played together as a team. Normally that's in right. the uh, preseason, not, uh, nor, not over the past two years since they've changed the uh, change the schedule, but Hey, we're, we're going to, you know, we're on to Pittsburgh to, uh, you know, to, you know, just beat that phrase into the, that whole, you know, phraseology into the ground. Might as well. Have, uh, paraphrasing a great man there, Scarcelli, since we are all Bill Rumpswabs here. Uh, Dan, something that I hadn't occurred to me, we've talked a lot here about institutional knowledge of the Patriots and their system. Somewhere on Tuesday, I just, oh shit, Brian Flores is on the Pittsburgh staff. God damn it. Uh, how much, how much is that? Has you uh, has your shoe piss level increasing? Well, he had a lot of success coaching the Dolphins against them. Sure did. Yeah. Uh, yeah. God, tour is just annoyingly effective against the Patriots. I kept hearing that the Belichick against the Rams in two thousand one slants and in cuts. That's the game. Uh, I mean, Mike on Route One. We again, we're we're hammering the theme, the institutional knowledge theme. The Flores thing, how much do you think the, that's going to have an effect on Sunday? Pittsburgh's missing uh, one of the uh, the Watt brothers. Cough, cough. We'll get to that in a little bit. <laughs> but uh, what effect does Flo have with a pretty decent uh, Pittsburgh defense on Sunday? Well, I mean, we, we, we speculated. And I, I actually, I, was, I got annoyed at uh, the absent member of the uh, – of our of our group this evening um he's at a mega he's at a mega rally back in new england the odyssey rally uh, by odyssey suck yeah as far as i'm I'm concerned this all started with him 
scoffing at the idea that <laughs> Belichick would couldn't be uh, you know beaten by this this you know Elaine's boyfriend and I I was like thinking watching the game and I was like getting mad at him because he said that and I'm like like keep your mouth shut and he was very so quiet okay on the te- he was mad. very quiet so, on the text machine with me while that game was happening he yeah. knew it's so, okay to admit Bill's not perfect right so I'm on the uh, I, I'm on I'm on I'm going the other way I, I don't think it matters and what what does he know about the offense what they're trying to do at this point anyway so. Mm-hmm. I mean, small negligible advantage. I'm I, I'm over it. No, no more, no more um, competitive advantage talk. I, I think I'm I'm out on it. All right, 10 a.m. Pacific time on Sunday. The Patriots travel to we don't know the name of the stadium in Pittsburgh, and they'll take on the Steelers. Then one o'clock East Coast time. All right, so Sunday at Pittsburgh will be interesting, guys, and we'll be on next week to talk about it. If John returns from the the uh, the mega and odyssey rally back east uh we hope to have him on uh there was a we're recording on thursday night before the chiefs and Chargers game and earlier today i got i was uh, dutifully fulfilling my duties as an employee when i got pinged on the text the, the text line i got several direct messages and a link on my timeline to some audio that uh, mark bertrand had done the michael felger cough cough thing uh, regarding Mac Jones using steroids or, or other illegal substances or, God forbid, uh, deer antler spray. Uh, so we're, we're going to get into the, uh, uh, this Mark Bertrand thing here. We believe that the, uh, the audio that 98.5 posted to their website, and Mike, didn't uh, Bertrand just responded to you as we're recording this, correct? Uh, yes, I, I, I called him out um, and said I had the, um, had the audio. Uh, I, I was going to compare the audio that has we're speculating has been has been cut and doctored on the on the website uh, and compare it with the DVR, uh, my DVR broadcast of uh, of Bertrand and Zolak. And that was a bit of the uh, Airman Cecil O'Malley and Anthony Rodriguez gambit uh, <laughs> from a few good men because tower chief slogs from both Guantanamo Bay and Andrews Air Force Base. Guantanamo logless, no flight that left at 11 p.m. and the Andrews logless, no flight that landed at 2 a.m. I'd like to admit them as defense exhibits Alpha and Bravo. I don't understand. You're admitting evidence of a flight that never existed. Oh, we believe it did, sir. We absolutely believe the evidence ex- do, existed, yes. sir. We absolutely <laughs> believe it. Uh, this it, it, is. It, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. No, I, I do have yeah. the audio. This is from the audio. Sorry. Yeah, go ahead. Um, earlier today, I called out. Uh, the, the Zolak and Bertrand account, uh, excuse me, their Twitter account, the NBCS Boston account, there was a deleted tweet from that account. And this was the time frame that I was led to old friend of uh, Boston's old goofball board member, Patrick Pass on Twitter, which I'll, I've retweeted with the show account and I'll do so again. Um, he brought to my attention, this happened roughly around quarter past hour three of today's Zolak and Bertrand, uh, Zolak and Bertrand program on 98.5, uh, the sports hub. Here is the audio in question, and we can d- break it down as a Bruder voice style, and you can decide for yourselves what you think. So here's the audio. I'm sure, and I'm sure the Patriots feel that same way. If Mac legit has the stomach bug, get the hell out of here. Yeah. Can't afford to infect the entire team with this garbage. Yeah, get it out of here. Or, you know, I don't know. He got an upset tummy from whatever he's taken to uh, settle the back pain. 
from Sunday. Could be. Too many Advil on an empty stomach. Muscle relaxers, Percocets, and Advil. Call that the old Clay Buckholtz. Swish that around, put it right in a cocktail. Clay Buckholtz. Little esophagitis, you know. Uh, Jake's in Boston. What's up? All right, so that is a roughly a 50-minute, excuse me, a 45-second sound clip uh, of, them, of them discussing Mac Jones and his stomach issues. He's taking Advil. Um, there was supposedly a mention of, Zolak mentioned Toradol. I didn't hear it there. doesn't mean it happened, but it didn't hear it there. So our friend Pass, I sent him a copy of this audio. And again, we'll tweet this out on our accounts, on the show account. I sent our buddy Pass the audio for him to listen to. And he responded this way. Uh, first message he sent back to me is, quote, from what I remember was a several minute conversation, not one minute, not one minute, but let me listen. Second message. Yeah, I don't believe that's the whole thing. The beginning part is at 12 minutes, 35 seconds, but then they cut to a caller and I believe the conversation went much longer. I don't recall even hearing that caller while I was in the store. Um, nah. I just listened again. No way the next part is, quote, Jake from Boston. There is something missing there. I mean, the conversation was far longer enough for me to worry and wait a few minutes to get my order at the store. And the last one was just before we started recording. Dude, there is no way I've listened to it like five times now. It was a longer convo. They cut it right before the Jake from Boston part. I mean, does it even make sense? They teased it before the break, come back after the police song, say 30 seconds worth, and then go to a caller? Why would they even tease three sentences? They cut it. I'm sure of it. Scarzi, guilty? Or do we hang or do, do we uh, tie them to a post and burn them? Why not both? Fair uh, enough. The, 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 the way they're acting on the Twitter machine right now just shows uh, that they've got, the, uh, they've got a guilty conscience. They would not be acting this way had they not uh, done something nefarious. Mike on Route 1, uh, Bertrand has already suggested earlier that Hanley Ramirez can't read, and we'll have the audio on that for next week. Uh, what were your reactions? It did seem like there was an awful uh, measure of panic going on there. Bertrand going on a tweet storm, uh, I mean, for hours, for a couple hours now, nonstop. He's, he's still going by, by the looks of it. So the... Uh, you know, the, the gambit I was referring to was suggesting that I was going to compare it to the DVR that I have at the DVR version of the show that I have at home, which is, you know, joke is on him. The, the idea that I'm <laughs> for my record. Anybody else. Josh yeah. and Haverhill, you're next on the DVR. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but he, so that, that did cause him to, you know, to, to say, you know, produce, produce the evidence, but he went ahead and posted it himself. Uh, and it's the video um and patrick pass responded on twitter to him saying that's that's not what i heard there you're, you're just posted the beginning portion of it so i guess that makes that what's the, the other guy there hardy rob hardy pool it makes him the uh the rose rosemary woods of the this uh the missing <laughs> the missing two minutes and we shall note the that segment today uh that that hour of the the show is two minutes shorter than all the other segments so uh, very curious uh, behavior and, and, you know, not what you would think that an innocent group of people might do. And, and you know, we'll, we'll note that Max Kellerman had to apologize this week for um, uh, recently for 
saying that that Pujols was was on something. Um, so I just like to see Bertrand go ahead and and Doug make Gottlieb that apology too. to the Patriots Doug on, on the flight. Was it was it Gallup? Was it no? Doug yeah. Gottlieb had oh, to apologize about okay. his report for stealing credit cards. No. <laughs> well, I mean that <laughs> that most among them. No, he he had reported yeah. that. Oh Christ! I'll, I'll, cut this, Shaq. Jesus, my memory is failing me once again. Dan, why why would I mean? What's your reaction to hearing that? Bertrand is absolutely on the primrose path down to saying, you know, do the cough, cough, steroids things. And past does say that he did the Felgerish cough, cough things. And Zoe cuts him off there. Uh, what's your, your, this is the first time you're hearing it. It's uh, it, it seems a little bit odd. Is that fair to say? Don't they get promoted for doing stuff like that there? Uh, well, it, it depends. Is Adam Jones is going to work with Adam Jones a promotion? <laughs> That's a good point. No, look, so here, I think I know what this is. So here we are, our forensic team scouring their site. And we're not um, done. We're not done, by the way. We'll our, still pull the stuff. And if we're wrong, we're wrong. It's it's, it's just more, it's uh, it's more clicks, right, Scaratelli? Oh, we've got uh, a, a battery of audio engineers prepared to uh, listen to this. We got oh, them working man. in shifts. That's what I was just saying. <laughs> our lab guys working in shifts, comparing the, this, the video product versus the audio, foraging for clues. I don't recall oh, yeah. they'll us be, uh, ever they'll be, talking you know. about Zolax and Bertrand show on, on this show before. Right. Yeah, I, I think what this really is, is, is a calculated ploy to get people to listen, tune in tomorrow when we may or may not say, I don't think it's something that gets us even, fired. I don't think it's calculated even a little bit. They have the number one show in the market by far. And it's uh, they don't want to ruin those cushy gigs. They don't want to have to do any heavy lifting. I I'm reminded of a, uh, John Lovitz is Mike Dukakis, them over there at Odyssey. He goes, he goes, I can't believe we're losing to these guys. I mean, what the hell's going on? So uh, we're still digging the 15. Again, we're working in shifts on this, this Bertrand audio. It's, it's not the first time. Is there a pattern of behavior here, caller? We're just asking the questions. I will say, before I let this Bertrand subject go, Mike, it's, they make a living by slandering, and I tweeted this, they make a living by questioning, slandering, and slanting the questions on athletes, executives, coaches. Somebody that they came, nobody listens to, nobody reads, and nobody reads their Twitter. He's been going at it for three hours now. That's not the actions of a guilty man, at least a very, a very man with a guilty conscience. I don't know what the hell is. Yeah, he, he's... You don't do that if it was if you made some offhand comment that wasn't um, that you didn't extrapolate because what we heard is whatever it's just you know three douchebags um, going back and forth and can confirm in Zolak Zolak you know showing off his knowledge of um, narcotics and, and their side effects I guess so I don't know I don't think anybody would have uh, it would have raised anybody's eyebrows for what we what we heard no, no. agreed agreed no. absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, before we go to uh, to email Scartelli, uh, do you have any uh, any final thoughts on this sort of thing? Oh, not on this sort of thing. But uh, give me give me just one second here to get to the proper uh, get to. Well, we'll get to we'll get to the final thoughts after emails. I just wanted to trying to put a bow on this on this Bertrand stuff, but I guess it's still developing, and, and we'll get to it. The, the fifteen netcom will have more about this. So. Uh, we'll go to uh, listener email sponsored by Atamian Honda. Uh, use the use the code MediaMic once again for five percent off uh, your next windshield wipers. So the first email is from Andy in Canton, and 
he sent me an Albert Breer tweet about uh, Nick Hunderhill welcoming uh, uh, Mike Triplett is his name to his his new venture. And Breer saying that Nick Underhill works his ass off and Mike Triplett is a tireless worker and is a huge asset to his staff. And why is he doing this? And then insists that Matt Patricia, who has three Super Bowl rings, and then Joe Judge, who has three Super Bowl rings and two BCS championship rings, out there inept at their job. What's what's the uh, what's the deal with that? So uh, it's a good segment. He enjoyed the uh, Albert Breer treat, tweet of the week segment. Um, and I will throw this next one back at uh, you here, Mike. This is uh, our buddy Vinny, Vinny Cozen, and Vinny's on the same wavelength with us. Um, from the first part of the pod, Vinny asks, what fans will never appreciate is the growth period players go through when given more responsibility. Matt Patricia's uh, transitioning to a more spread out up to tempo offense. And we have to remember Mac is in his second year and things will take times to click. It's a bummer to lose, but we were treated to a masterclass of quarterback play for 20 years. We're in year three post Brady year two of Mac. For what it's worth, the Dolphins always beat New England in that horrible stadium of theirs. It is what it is. Uh, Orange Bull Jinx Part 2. I think Vinny and guys like us were sadly in, in the minority. That what the media has done in ginning up panic, uh, even before the season started, and even after one game for click, again, we could be wrong. Maybe they're not a good football team. I would argue winning seven games with Cam Newton and then going 10-7 and seven with a rookie quarterback and Belichick being named executive of the year would suggest they're good, but what percentage of the fan base is shoe pisses and how many are enlightened cats like Vinny? What's, what's the breakdown? It's very high. I don't, I don't know the number, but I would say at this point, it is a vast, vast majority of fans. Um, I, I think the shoe, the shoe pissing is, and, and again, it's, it's not people that all listen to the radio. It's, they just, by osmosis, whatever, arrive at these conclusions. And I, I don't know how it happens. I don't know how it spreads, but it's, it's, they pick up these pieces from different places and it, it's a galaxy brain thing, I guess. And, but it is, it's, we're at a, a point where you can say that Bill Belichick's Bill Belichick does not have a high approval rating among Patriots fans, whatever it is. I, I don't know, but you know, they're in the even worse. I think there is a, a certain percentage that is not giving him um, credit for for the success that he enjoyed over over two decades with Tom Brady. And I know it, people struggle with two things being true at the same time. And the two things I think that are true at the same time is that Bill Belichick is the greatest coach of all time, and Tom Brady is the greatest coach, the greatest player of all time. So the but they would I think they would counter that. Oh, you're 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 saying that that they were equally as important. Well, I, I can't quantify that because it really is a, a chicken or the egg thing. Like Bill holding that together for 20 years now looks incredibly yes, more. Yes, I think a thousand percent. What's a percent? Yeah. What are the point in when you're in your text threads with your Patriots fans, friends, what are percentage of the shoe pissers right now? What are the 98, five Bobos? I have, I have a lot. <laughs> I, have, I have, I have friends that are, I think are, uh, frightened of my reaction uh, to, to, <laughs> as I've been known to, to call them, to call them stupid and not, not be too terribly kind um, in these situations. But I, I, I know, I know for a fact, you know, I, I'm operating at probably, you know, 60% shoe piss level among friends, which is very high and certainly a hundred percent shoe 
piss level among among uncles which which is not <laughs> unusual so whatever but really friends the friends are are, are yeah they're, they're worried but they're but they're still like ah well they're they're still holding out but i can tell they're actually worried yeah scott what's the percentage of patriots fan friends in your lives being shoe pissers i'd say at least you know greater sign 50 percent but as I see it with the local media, they can't help it. They're Pavlov's dogs and yeah. Plato's cave. It's all they know. So they're, if they're going to react that way, it, that, uh, that the sky has been falling for 20 years and eventually they're going to be right. And they'll, you know, and then, then they'll load up the duck boats for themselves. <laughs> Good point. Dan, is it possible we take this too seriously in the media gaslighting? Is it? Cause I've been, I've been told that more than once. Uh, this week never mind uh since the beginning of the podcast are we the baddies yeah <laughs> a third yeah, podcast in a row that's been the reference what do you think dan and what's the percentage of people in your life who are patriots fans who are shitting themselves oh absolutely we take it too seriously we we go over these same topics over and over it's only two decades and counting no big deal um living in middle america i'm, I'm not privy to a bunch of pat patriot fans and then their shoe piss level, thankfully, you know, that's, that's actually one of the, the, the true benefits of not living in new England <laughs> is not being around everybody uh, with their hair on fire running around. That's kind that's- of sad that you don't have a bunch of guys in Patriot starter jackets out there. <laughs> <laughs> that's the Breer collaborative. That's the thing I was thinking this week too. Like, should I care that some fucking moron doesn't think Bill Belichick is the greatest coach of all time? Like some idiot on Twitter with like, you know, with uh, FC Barcelona in his, his <laughs> bio. Like, should that's I why the, we, that's why the weekend yes, guys I, exist. I should not, but I, but I do. And I cannot, I cannot help <laughs> myself. I mean, yeah. All right. Know, fl- uh, throw the penalty flag. We stepped on, uh, we stepped on, uh, stepped on your point. Continue. Uh, oh, no, it's no problem. But that was my, my point was that uh, I want to thank Vinny for the email. We were about to do a wellness check on him. The last email comes from John in Northern California, and he wants to remind us that Mego was not around for the three years that Odyssey lost $1 billion, and he just wants to point that out. Uh, the email address is entitledtown at gmail.com. We are on to final thoughts. Scartelli, uh, you're in the lead opposition. Go ahead, Ricky Henderson. Okay, we've got ourselves some fun facts here. This is a dinosaur fact. The gap between when Stegosaurus lived and when Tyrannosaurus Rex lived is greater than the gap between the latter and the present. You're closer to T-Rex on the Earth's timeline than Stegosaurus is. Similarly, ancient, ancient Egypt had their own archaeologists to study ancient Egypt. That's how long that, uh, that dynasty went on. And similarly, when the Patriots uh, visit Pittsburgh this weekend, it will be the first time that there wasn't someone named Brady or Roethlisberger under center since 1998. Name the quarterbacks in that game. 98 uh, with the uh, Cordell Stewart. Mm-hmm. It, it, that was the seven to six game. Oh, we yeah. dare say the other guy. He was only a couple of weeks away from going back to uh, Whitefish. So. <laughs> Let's just say he was he was not devastated at getting strip sacked. Let's just put it that way. Pat, 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 boom. <laughs> Scott Telly, thank you for triggering me. I'm gonna go take a Xanax while I throw it to Dan for his final thought. 
Does that upset your tummy? I, I don't know. I just I don't I finished know. taking my Toradol, so hang on. That's I'll right. have to you're, let you know. You're not some, you know, sunglasses wearing indoors, you know, expert on, uh, you know, got the whole Merck manual memorized. Still amazing he couldn't look off the defenses. It's, I'm still befuddled by that. Dan, uh, your final thought. Uh, so throwing expert Tom House was on the Rich Eisen show this past week, and he shared a Belichick story. He said that back in 2013, Belichick asked him, why shouldn't I trade Tom Brady? Predictably, that uh, people ran with this to be yet more proof that Brady hated, that Belichick hated Brady, and Belichick was trying to run Brady out of town when he drafted Garoppolo, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, our buddy... Dove Kleeman picked it up and predictably got it wrong. He was saying that Belichick asked Brady directly, why shouldn't I trade you? But think about what House is really saying here. Belichick's asking a reputed throwing expert what's to be expected in the coming years of his 36-year-old quarterback, who at that point had been to five Super Bowls and had won an MVP just three years prior. He was at that point in time uh, at the top of his game and would fetch a mother load in a trade return. Then think about what Belichick did. He took House's advice about how Brady was still on track to play a long time and play well. He didn't trade him, and they won three more Super Bowls. Very good point. Very good points, all. Man, it's uh, Brady has had three Hall of Fame's careers, and that's something that's been pointed out time again. But you know who else has? Bill Belichick. Uh, Mike, your final thought. Um, yeah, I, I do want to note before I start here that. Um, the Tomlin, the, the, the fellow who was vouching about uh, for, for Mike Tomlin, um, he's, he's just acting like a cornered animal. He's <laughs> acting out. He's just acting out. He's, he can't help it. That's to, um, this week's phrase that pays is cornered animal. There you go. Yes. yes. <laughs> so, um, you know, I, I found it interesting this week. And by interesting, I mean, I wanted to strangle somebody myself or a drifter, but um, you know, the questioning Bill Belichick's, I think, approach to managing his team. And I don't mean from a, an X's and O's standpoint. Uh, I mean, really from a, it comes down to a preparedness standpoint. And the two things I think that jumped out were first off the born situation and whatever happened late for meeting the Panthers thing, clearly he didn't. And even before that, there were notes, um, if we accept the media at, at face value that they, they reported themselves that he was not having a great camp. So the idea that Bill Belichick is certainly um, not capable of judging what punitive perhaps measures need to be taken with a player is just unbelievable. And, 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 and I, I hear this thing where they say, oh, well, he's not doing what's best for the team. I that's the the complete and I said it with the Butler thing as well. He's he has a responsibility to everybody on that roster to coach them in a way and hold them to a standard. So if Bourne was not meeting that standard, he's not going to play and just throwing him out there for that short term game. And perhaps and I absolutely think they would have had a better chance with him out there now that's ignores the fact that they were in a too tight end set quite a bit but I, I think playing I want born on the field and they would have had a better chance of winning that game in my opinion but that does not that does not translate to what he's trying to accomplish with this team in the long term and the the second example um, of this was um, 
how in the post game where he said, oh, yeah, it was two plays. We, we were, you know, just a couple plays. Now, I think there are certain times in, in, in games after games where Bill comes out and he'll say, we just didn't play well at all. We, 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 we didn't have it. And he could have done that this week, but I think he knows where his team is at and what his team needs better than, and what his team needs to hear publicly and how he needs to defend his team publicly because he did ask a lot of them. He demanded that they, he put in a new offense and they had to pick that up and it's hard to do that. And the media asked, demanded that he did it and he actually did it. So the fact that they are now um, questioning his, and, and I think that was in, in way, many ways, it was a defense of them of their hard work that they've put in. And that doesn't mean when he gets behind closed doors, he can say, Hey, look, fellas, it, it came down to a couple of plays. Like we, like we said, it was, that doesn't mean he's going to get in the film room and blow shit up their ass. He's not like, it just, all of these things can exist at the same time. All, all of them, all of them can happen at the same time. And that's what people don't want. They, people don't want to do nuance in any way. And they don't want to, to they want to presume that they best know how, um, to manage a team, and they know better than Bill Belichick, which is the craziest fucking thing I've ever heard. One of the things that got me is like, how many of these, none of us played professional sports, but we've played competitive sports. If you're not on board, you're not doing what the coach asks, we've all been benched. I mean, Bree around the bench, we've all been benched before. Um, yeah, I think we all want to see Bourne back on the field. Uh, my brief final thought is this. I was trying to think as I'm sitting there Sunday in the fourth quarter as the Patriots are giving the ball away time and again. I think they in our lifetime, the worst opener was the 31 to nothing in Buffalo in 2003. And no one is saying that they're going uh, to win the Super Bowl this week. I, but I do remember the sense of dread after that game going into week two. Brady's pissed off because Malloy got released. They had to have a come to Jesus moment. And it really led to them beating down Philadelphia in Philadelphia the next week. And a pretty good Philadelphia team, as it turns out, that went to five consecutive NFC title games. That was four of the five consecutive NFC title games. And I'm hoping that there's a come-to-Jesus moment for this edition of the Patriots, and I don't think there would be any greater place for that to happen uh, in Pittsburgh, uh, where previous Patriots editions have had you know such great moments of triumph and uh, stuff that's brought the team together. Uh, Entitledtown at gmail.com. Uh, we'll have continuing coverage of the Mark Bertrand, Mac Jones news. Pat Scartell is the purveyor of the sports junk drawer. He is at Pat Scartell on Twitter, the 15 net.com. Dan is at Patriots daily. Mike on route one is at in this town one. Again, we'll all be following up on this. Um, I do like knowing the Bertrand's squirming just a little bit over this um, man. They do that to athletes, executives, and coaches. As I mentioned before, it's, How's it feel to be turned on? I mean, that's maybe even a half-truth involved, but we'll get to the bottom of it. And as always, turn off your radios. Oh, and one last bit of advice from Mark Bertrand. You don't have to answer that question. I'll answer the question. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers! I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! And we're going to stay positive all the way through. And if you think I'm going to succumb to negativity, you're wrong. you got the wrong guy leading this basketball team.